Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey, everyone. This is Tal Wilkenfeld, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff back again with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and growing Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes and 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this is a sister episode to episode 75, which was called This Album's Too Long and uh, and episode 59, which is called uh, which was called Tormented by EPs. So this is episode 80. We're calling this This Album's Too Short. Um, These are all examples. uh, Most have similarities to them, but I wanted to bring up a couple other dynamics to talk about as well in this. so yeah, um, well, well, let's let's discuss those dynamics as we go along. Let's dive right into the music here, and uh, that will kick off the discussion. This is the Whackmaster, Deadly Tedly, uh, Ted Nugent, uh, with the music made me do it. That Les Paul guitar noise turned the world upside down. All right. Well, you've probably heard me complain about this album, um, you know, on on various episodes. Um, I happen to be one of the lone wolves out there saying that Love uh, Love Grenade and uh, Crave Man are uh, incredible records. And I thought Shut Up and Jam was a really good record, too, but it's a little different than those other ones. This new record that Ted did, it's not that new, November 9th, 2018. This is definitely one of these This Album's Too Short situations. And it's almost like he's begging us to complain about this record because it's so easy to complain about. Um, What you heard is the best song on it. It's the first song on it. The next best song on it is... uh, the second song on it, Where You're Gonna Run to Get Away from Yourself, that's pretty good. Cocked, Locked, and Ready to Rock is pretty good. It's actually quite great. Uh, Big Fun, Dirty Groove Noise uh, is like a double bass OTT, but kind of melodic one. Not terrible. Minute 55. 
The rest of the album, there's only 10 songs on the whole thing. We've got a swing blues, jazz kind of jokey thing. We've got a complete remake of Cat Scratch Fever as Backstrap Fever. We got a, one, of, one of his sort of melodic southern rocky things, I Just Want to Go Hunting. We've got Fred Bear Acoustic. You know I'm not a big Fred Bear fan. Then we've got Sunrise Instrumental and Sunrise Fender, Fender bass solo. Um, bass six solo where ted actually plays the bass not uh, bass not greg so essentially this album is over and done with after four songs it's short anyways but it's essentially all done with after four songs so this is one that that almost can't be saved it's so short uh and it's so short and so full of just jokey comedic phone it in kind of stuff um so this is one of the ways to complain about one of these albums. I mean, this this practically is an EP, anyways. But even though it might go to uh, to you know it, it wander into full length uh, LP um, terrain, it it really isn't. It's it's quite a disaster. Um, but it is one of those that makes you it, it it has a similarity like a like a great recording production values and really good guitar and I love Ted singing and everything. Um, so it's got that in common with Shut Up and Jam, which was quite analog and puffy as well it's kind of the same production they're they're a little bit sister albums but it's more like this is like the joke ep compared to that um and like i say very different from the previous two which so so three out of the four ted nugent albums are are up there real high with my favorite ted nugent albums and that's really that's why i enjoyed actually doing that ted nugent book that uh that i do have uh, out i i self-published it first and then it got updated and it's available through uh through weimer so uh so yeah um there you go this album's too short i mean i don't know why ted kind of did this he should have he should have made this a substantial album he's he's all about doing the hard work right um but the hard work isn't here all right let's take a listen to our second track uh take a listen to this this is paul stanley with where angels dare someday someway So this is a similar situation to the Ted, but uh, but a little annoying for a different reason. So first of all, um, so this is Paul Stanley turning in a pretty good solo album, just kind of out of nowhere. It's uh, October 24th, 1986. He's got some outside song doctors on it. Um, biggest, of course, which is Andreas Carlson, one of these Swedish pop tart music producer pop songwriter slash guys but he's also the so he co-writes everything with with andreas and andreas is also his main guitarist on the album but uh, so what they actually do see paul stanley's kind of a kind of a neat personality and, a, and an emotional palette there where you almost don't mind him getting with these outside songwriters because they kind of think the same way he's he's got kind of a pop genius about him love the guy just the whole the whole aesthetic the whole the whole aesthetic the package the the sort of the look the voice uh what he wants to do you you actually hear that on that debut paul stanley solo album from 78 when they all did that together that's why people think his album is the second best of those four um and you do hear that here uh you also hear 
um, a lot of work put into these songs. Um, they're well-produced, well-played, well-thought-out songs, well-structured, but there's only 10 of them, and the, and the whole length of the album is only 31 minutes. And this is one of those frustrating ones where just just bald-faced, this is, this is too short. It, it looks like the work was there. I'm frustrated because I like the album, and I would really like the album and consider it a proper album if it had maybe three or four more songs on it, right? So the problem is, I don't even think of this as an album. Like the TED, I mean, the TED is so far gone, but this one, I, there's an asterisk by it the whole time. It, it's almost like, like um, you know, uh, the various uh, the various sports leagues in COVID times, like people talk about, oh, do you put an asterisk by that championship because of, you know, this many uh, games played or whatever, whatever the rule they had to do to uh, to comply with uh, COVID type standards, right? Virus standards. So so this will always have an asterisk by it because it just I'm ticked off that he didn't make a long enough album. Um, at this point, I want to mention, um, I have a, I have an email industry group that we, we talk about, and I mentioned I was going to do this episode. And a buddy of mine, Greg Pratt, um, from Victoria, he, he writes for bravewords.com as well, um, has for a long time. But he kind of mentioned a few things about this idea of short albums. And here's what he said. He goes, I don't think I've ever in my life thought an album is too short. Rain and Blood? No way. That album doesn't need to be longer. Some of the greatest records I've ever heard. Uh, his Hero is Gone, Asuk, don't even hit 20 minutes. But that's part of it. High-intensity music doesn't need to have long albums. Uh, Slayer Rain and Blood is one of these that's always mentioned in these discussions. It's 28 minutes long. But you could say it's kind of a perfect album. It's a, it's a Van Halen 1984 type of short, right? It's just banger after banger. It's considered a classic album. Maybe if it would have had more songs on it, some of the songs would have get lost. So there are all these arguments sometimes for making short albums. The idea is you're supposed to focus in on those songs. I, I'm sure I discussed these concepts in episode 59, uh, Tormented by EPs. Um, so I won't go too deeply into that, but uh, let's see. Albums that are too long, I think about that constantly, but I can't imagine ever feeling like an album is too short. This is Greg still talking. If the record isn't quite good enough and I want three more songs, well, then I probably don't want to bother listening to the first 20 minutes again. So I'm still not sold. I mean, give me some examples and I'll admit defeat. Looking forward to the podcast, though. Um, let's see. I'm listening to one of my favorite punk record punk records right now. A lag wagon record is 25 minutes long and I've loved it since 1997. I don't want it to be any longer, even though it's a totally fantastic album. If it was 40 minutes, it would actually be worse. Nah, I don't know. This, this again is like, and then, uh, you know, we, we were talking, Monty Connor mentioned, Oh, d don't tell me all those albums on noise are too short. They're perfect. I love them that long, you know? And I kind of made a joke said, Monty, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll package a whole, uh, noise catalog in an empty envelope uh, for you and hand it over to you and they'll these will be the really 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 short versions of these albums is that even better so so the idea is it, it just seems it it seems ludicrous to complain an album is too long uh in in certain respects because more is kind of always better if if it's still good songs or whatever right or or the, or the ones that would have been there on the short album are good songs but to complain an album a short album is perfect this short and you don't want it any longer i don't know it just seems quite bizarre um 
I'm not going to read all the rest of Greg's comments there. What else does he say? It's it's nothing to do with attention span. It's just that feeling of, yeah, the record ends and you're totally pumped. It's like leaving a party early and actually being able to say you had a good time. Interesting. Some stuff, your Operation Mind Crimes, your physical graffitis, need to be longer, of course. But even those classic Kiss records or whatever, they don't hit 40 minutes, which is perfect. 37 minutes for a rock record is like my scientifically researched perfect time, exclamation mark, says Greg. Just because I'm enjoying something doesn't need mean it needs to be last longer because at some point it stops being enjoyable and for any form of this loud music we all love when that moment comes it hits hard i know most people in the buying public think about this in terms of dollars versus minutes on a record though i could talk about this all day i'm glad i have a bunch of people who also care about this because few do haha and I wrote him back and I said, yeah, great. Well, what about if you were frustrated that an album isn't quite good enough and that those three more bangers would have made everything all right with the world? I think that happens. And in fact, that's going to be mostly the theme of this episode. And I'm prob- I'll probably discuss Rain and Blood as exactly the way you just described it, and which I did. All right. Uh, ironically, let's take a short break. All right, back again here with History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 89. This album's too short. Uh, Let's take a listen to our next selection, and we shall discuss. This is Manitoba's Wild Kingdom with DWI. For a taste, she's a wild child. The thrill is in the chase. I can make it if I try. All right, man, uh, this is one that's even more frustrating than the Paul Stanley because on this album, this it was released as a proper CD album, 10 songs produced by Andy Chernoff. It's on MCA 1990, 10 songs, 25 minutes. Unbelievable. Um, it's essentially a dictator's album. There's no reason not to consider it a Dictator's album. It's Handsome Dick Manitoba and Andy Chernoff. So right there, we're done. J.P. Thunderbolt Patterson, Dictator's drummer, and Ross the Boss, uh, you know, classic era Dictator's guitarist, songwriter, plus Daniel Ray and uh, Ron Hanley. Um, This was, there was a bit of a, you know, this album kind of made a little bit of a wave even over above uh, a regular Dictator's albums. Like, remember, Dictator's only had the three albums out, 75, 77, and 78, so we're up into 1990. But yeah, this is essentially a Dictator's album. The amazing, amazing thing about it that makes me so frustrated it's not longer, I love to death Opening track, The Party Starts Now, double exclamation mark, two minutes, nine seconds. Um, New York, New York is amazing, three minutes, four seconds. And the one I just played you, DWI, is two minutes, 36 seconds. But the rest of it, most of the rest of it, is this kind of speed speedy hardcore punk rock heavy metal thing. Not very melodic, which is not what I want out of Dictators. I love the, the melodic songs. Um, they eventually followed up with a proper Dictators album, which again has similar sort of songs, a, a nice mix of these ones that are just anthems to die for and these ones that are kind of too heavy. But uh, check out the DFFD album from, I think this is 2004, with, with the most 
exquisitely gorgeous opening track, Who Will Save Rock and Roll. Um, and also, uh, What's Up With That is good on here, In the Presence of a New God. Avenue A is just amazing. Um, but it's it's almost like... So it's got 12 tracks on it. It's it's probably not a heck of a lot longer. It's not a long CD. Um, but it's a very similar complexion to the Manitoba's Wild Kingdom. But there's one where I'm even more frustrated. As I told Greg, it's like if if this had like two or three more amazing uh, dictators anthems on it, it would have been just a masterpiece. But right now, it's just I'm I'm angry at it. That's all it is. I'm just angry at it. All right, let's move on. Number four, uh, take a listen to this. This is Warlord with Deliver Us From Evil. Alright, so this is a little bit more of a situation where we shift back to that episode 59, Tormented by EPs. Warlord were probably the most promising band in the early days of Brian Slagle and Metal Blade. They put out this amazing EP with great cover art, six songs on it, I believe it was, um, and it was just kind of a a well-recorded, well-played, you know, more or less semi-masterpiece of uh, of progressive metal, early progressive metal. It had a real kind of new wave of British heavy metal vibe. It even had a little bit of a Swedish metal vibe to it. Um, it's the, uh, it's the uh, kind of the brainchild of Mark Zonder uh, called Thunderchild here. You know, he went on to Fate's Warning and all those big things. Um, and, and Bill Samus, is that how you say it? Destroyer, Guitars and Bass. And they actually reformed later, 2002, and then they made albums and stuff. But the problem here is that um, this is six tracks, 29 minutes. So you're right in that space where you're just, oh, come on, guys, two more, two more of these great classic progressive metal songs. And, you know, what we would have had here is probably a classic metal album that people would have been talking about forever because the, the, the cult legend of Warlord was built on this EP and, uh, and they never lived up to it ever again because the follow-up, so this is 83, the follow-up is a 1984 essentially live album um, where some of this was repeated and some new songs and stuff like that, but... You know, no one no one really cared that much about the live album because the EP was so well recorded and put together and so professional. The the EP was great, but you know, are we talking about something here that's a famous uh, piece of metal lore or or even metal blade lore or whatever? Not really, because it's a dang EP. That's the problem. If this would have been a full length album, you know, if this would have been a full length album, this band might actually got you know mo- moved on, and Brian would have done that awkward handover to some major label. Uh, a la Slayer and Goo Goo Dolls and stuff like that, right? Um, but uh, but it was it was not to be because uh, they, they essentially yeah, their legend was made on this, but but the legend was made on something that's got an asterisk beside it. 
That's the problem. Um, and, you know, and in this light, we could talk about other EPs and I, you know, I don't want to go into, into it because there is that whole other episode, but you've got your, your anthrax armed and dangerous EP, your highway child for, for the wild and lonely EP. Wow. That thing's a classic slayer haunting the chapel again, metal blade, nasty, savage, abstract reality. You've got the Kim Mitchell EP. The Kim Mitchell EP totally fits in this. Cause I think that's the greatest EP of all time. It's five songs. If that thing could have been expanded, but here we are, five songs EP. But here with Warlord, we're talking six songs, twenty nine minutes. You're 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 almost there. It just frustrates the hell out of me when they don't go that extra step and just make it an album, so there's no asterisks beside it. Um, so there you go. That's number four. Let's move on to number five here. And uh, rather than end on a zonder note, we're going to end on a somber note. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Nick Drake with Free Ride. Oh, you get to see through all of the pictures that you keep on the wall, all of the people that will come to the ball. But hear me Okay, obviously big difference here in music style here. Um, Nick Drake uh, was this legendary, legendary um, uh, early 70s uh, avant-garde folk guy, almost leaning into the weird folk field, but not really. More like like intellectual, um, chopsy, uh, really creative, acoustic guitar folk. I've often talked about Nick Drake as... um, as a guy who had a storehouse of acoustic moves that Jimmy Page would die for. I mean, Jimmy Page and and various other people, well, you know, I, I can't think of too many offhand, but Jimmy Page gets a lot of accolades uh, for, for you know, all the, you know, all the, you know, the handful of really uh, acoustic guitar classics. And Nick Drake, he essentially made three albums, just banger after banger, of of erudite uh interesting creative complex um or just plain good um acoustic songs essentially um you know the first one we had we had five leaves left um so what are the years on these i think it's what yes 70 and then brighter later is the one that he kind of filled up the sound a lot produced by joe boyd it says 1970, so I guess it is. Uh, 1970 as well there. So that's the one that has a lot of kind of production to it, uh, the most production. Um, but Pink Moon is this final one. Um, you may know that song because it was in that Volkswagen ad and everybody loved it. I mean, it, it, it caused a bit of a Nick Drake stir again when that thing came out. That was amazing. Um, great ad too. Um, but essentially, uh, the last one he made was, uh, so this Pink Moon album and... You know, he battled depression and uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of spooky. I mean, he he battled depression and and two years after um, after Pink Moon came out, he uh, he he died. And, and it's there's a big question whether it was a suicide or, or an accidental uh, overdose of um, of um, sleeping pills or pain medication or something. Not pain medication, but the depressive uh, medication. Um, but, uh, with, with the pink moon album, uh, as the fable goes, he just walked into his record label office one day and, and handed the tapes and this is what I want my album to be like really simple, not very adorned. I guess it's, it's kind of a backlash against the brighter later album. And, uh, 
you know, it's it's eleven tracks of just uh, of all short songs, like one minute, two fifty seven, two twenty three, one nineteen, two fifty six. Um, so all all short songs and and very sort of simple. Um, you know, and this guy, you know, when whenever you read anything on Nick Drake, the the um, the wild thing is that. He he only there there was only one short interview news piece on him ever. So he ever did one interview that was ever published anywhere. And the only moving footage of Nick Drake that exists is on one of these top of the pop type shows from 1970. He's in the crowd and you see him clapping along with a bunch of other teenagers, kind of thing. Um, so that's pretty that's pretty wild, uh, pretty poignant, I suppose. Um, but there's no, yeah, there's there's nothing, there's no moving live footage of him or anything like that. So I mean, he was just just essentially uh, this this island recording artist, folky, who never sold very many albums and they only made the three albums. But it, but it's you know he's the legend grew over the years. There's been books out on him and stuff like that. So yeah, I wanted to end on that note because that's a short album where um, you know it's short because his his mental illness meant he he wanted to just do this alone and be alone and not work with a lot of people. Um, and I uh, just said here, here's my last album, and and that's it kind of thing. Um, so that's it for the five. I just wanted to mention some honorable mentions. Um, you know, people have people mention all the time with this, you got to talk about Van Halen because Van Halen gets a lot of stick for this. You know, Diver Down is one that strikes me as one where they're kind of trying to hide the shortness by having lots of song titles for these. And, and obviously there's the covers and stuff too, but, but song titles on these little, um, you know, these little instrumental things. Um, someone, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who made this comment, but I thought it was pretty neat. Fair Warning uh, is one. I mean, they're all they're all kind of short until the CD age, but Fair Warning is one of these that um, has a glaring thing that could have made it better that someone pointed out that the heaviest song on it, even though it's not heavy in a guitar sense, but fast and heavy in a cool riff, One Foot Out the Door is only a minute 58. And had that been fleshed out to a little bit more of a full song, I mean, it still would have been short. It's only a third 30 minute album anyways um but yeah you know van halen's a funny one right um i mean there's essentially four or five pretty short songs uh on on all all of these albums would you have wanted one or two more and if you did get one or two more would it kind of bury the other ones or would you get a little confused this is a little bit of what greg pratt was is kind of talking about there there's the idea of this perfectly paced thing it can't be any better 1984 is a funny one like that you know um sure i mean i i think if you could you could have folded the the named instrumental 1984 into jump um Although as a single, you kind of want jump just the way it is kicking off with that, uh, with that synthesizer. So I don't think in a radio sense, they would play, you know, they would need to play that, but, uh, sure. I would have loved one, one or two more songs on that. Um, so that's a funny one. And, uh, and the last one I wanted to mention is one that always bothers me is ACDC Rocker Bust. I mean, I love Black Ice. Black Ice is long, um, and it's full of great songs. So that's, that's, good that's what's going for it power up i think is a pretty darn good album it's not particularly long but it's good songs but the problem with rocker bus that really ticks me off is that it's 11 songs 33 minutes long and it's mostly bad songs like i like two and a half songs on that album right um i like the lead single it was play ball right i'm starting to get these mixed up but um but really, uh, it it annoys me when you know it, there's there's a sense of arrogance there that um, that 
we know what we're doing. We're only going to give you 11 songs because they're all great. They're all bangers. Well, they, they don't know what they're doing because these were mostly bad ACDC songs. So, you know, if, if ACDC would have delivered 11 amazing ACDC songs, you would have applauded and you would have said, your instincts were right, you know, make this a short album. Man, get in, get out. This is This is incredible. But they didn't, so you lose confidence in the band. You lose confidence in the whole situation, and you're all of a sudden not cheering for the album. So I've always really had it in for Rock or Bust, but I do like Black Ice, and I do like Power Up. So um, it's too bad. I, in, in fact, Rock or Bust is probably my least favorite ACDC album uh, of all time. All right. So there you go. This album's too short. If you liked this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, uh, Kofi, yes, Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff and hit the red support button. Uh, buy me a coffee or a pint. Um, it's kind of, well, it's the only way that I'm, I'm kind of trying to monetize this show. I haven't done any Patreon stuff or anything like that. So this is really it. And, um, and I really appreciate, uh, how it's been going. It's, it's been pretty cool. It's, it's turned into a, you know, a a kind of thing where I feel like, Hey, I'm, you know, packing my lunchbox and going to work kind of thing. Um, on that front this week, I would like to thank Joe Becht and Bel Air Expediting, Blaze Barshaw, Daniel Bednar, Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, Neil Cartwright, Andrew Clark, Simon Cole, Joseph Santos, Jonas DeRoche, Tim Derling, Final Ultimate, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Michael Ladano, Kevin Latham, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Brian Sager, Scott Smith, and WKWL Martin, comma, LLC. Um, that's it for this week. And go to martinpopoff.com for your book needs. I'll have that crazy Imaginos project book in um, later next week. But right now, uh, the suite is uh, is about two fifths gone. Uh, Angel is down to about a box left. Um, so there you go, martinpopoff.com. Um, go play some of these albums. They won't take you very long. Uh, go play some of these records. That's a wrap. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits, perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 